This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Overpromising Movie Trailers. Do you hate being surprised at movies in the theater? Well, Overpromising Movie Trailers will give you all of the best parts of the movie so you can sit patiently and wait for the interesting part that you already saw. to Horror Movie Talk. I'm Bryce Hansen, the one that remains. And with me today is Kyle Nolan. Um, and I don't have anything witty to say about Colin. It's Col- Colin. Colin? Your name's not Colin. It's Kyle. Definitely not Colin. Definitely not Colin. Kyle the Colin Nolan. Um, no matter who's <laughs> here, each week we bring you a new horror movie review. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies both good and horrorable um <clears throat> make sure you rate review and subscribe on itunes full video available on youtube don't be a square be sure to to share i'm i'm a little off today i don't have my regular setup because my desktop is acting up and so i'm just thrown off because i'm looking at a laptop and i can see like the prominent double chin from below it's it's just a mess. Um, anyways, also check out patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Uh, it's the equivalent of the adult section of a video rental store. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. And uh, I think actually tomorrow I'm going to be recording an episode with David to answer all the old, old voicemails. Um, we'll, we've got a great show today. We're going to be reviewing Thanksgiving, Eli Roth's latest slasher. Uh, we'll give a brief uh, synopsis and review, and then our scores for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the bottom of the barrel, and 10 being genre redefining. Uh, after we give our score... We'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll be playing Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes game, a holiday-themed Rotten Tomatoes game. I'm going to do very good at that. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of stuff planned. I can actually hear my echo a little bit, Kyle. Can you turn down your headphones a little? Oh, I can try. <clears throat> or just turn down the volume on your headphones, maybe. Um, so Thanksgiving can be found in theaters now. It takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts, the indigenous home of the Pilgrims. Uh, it's beset by a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer. Wearing the mask of Plymouth's founder and dressed as a pilgrim, the killer seems to be exacting revenge on those involved in a deadly Black Friday riot a year earlier between the holiday themed kills a cast of teens led by jessica played by nell verlaque ver ver verlaque verlaque it's unclear how to pronounce that uh, <laughs> as well as the sexiest sheriff alive played by patrick dempsey try they try to unmask the killer and save the town uh, this film, if you didn't know, is based off of the fake trailer that Eli Roth created for Grindhouse to play between the double feature of Planet Terror and Death Proof. The trailer was an homage to 80s hard R slashers such as Pieces and My Bloody Valentine. This film, instead of being a gritty and stylish homage, um, Thanksgiving feels like a lazy Bloomhouse remake of a much more iconic movie. 
There are some great kills, half of which are shown in the trailer, but they are wrapped with a bland, sanitized script full of too many uninteresting characters. Eli Roth really seems to be phoning it in on the directing. The film comes off as lazy since there's very little style, and the editing consistently is off by a second or two um, by either, like, not by either dwelling too long on a moment that needs to be doesn't need to be dwelled on or not giving you enough crucial information to land the impact of what it's trying to show you overall it comes off as an unseasoned and undercooked turkey of a movie um i give it i mean it's one of those things where it's a slasher my expectations aren't super high um, it's not necessarily the type of film I love. I will say the kills in it and some of the, the set pieces, like the special effects stuff is great. I, I laughed several times. I, it was very enjoyable and over the top in some, some parts, but again, it works better as a trailer if you just show those parts and don't show the rest of the bland movie that's containing it. It had a lot um, of good humor, humor spots in it, and a lot of good timing, but it was almost too much of the whole movie. You know, it kind of took away from what it was supposed to be. Yeah, it's it just didn't didn't quite work for me. Even though, like, if you're going to see some of the interesting kills, again, about half of them are shown in the trailer. But um, it's got it's got some stuff left, and and the ending is probably the best part of the movie. Um, so it's not it's not terrible, but it's just not. It's kind of disappointing. So I give it a, a four out of ten. What did you think, Kyle? I, it was hard because I you know, I love slashers. It was like my uh, slashers what introduced me to horror altogether. Big fan of Scream and all these other ones. That so I went in expecting a very good slasher movie. Um, I was in the beginning. It threw me off right away with the dialogue they used. It was really just. It seemed super fake. You know, the dialogue wasn't uh-huh. correct. <clears throat> I wasn't a huge fan of the the actors at all. I don't think the acting was that great. And there's one guy in particular, Evan. I can't stand the guy. I cannot stand him. I don't like his voice, his look, anything about him. Um, the kills, I really like the kills. Though. I like how they use the the instruments of Thanksgiving. You know, uh, it was really. Mm-hmm. I think the kills were very interesting. I, there was a lot of gore. Which is like Eli Roth, not too much, not over, overly done, but there was just enough. But overall, the movie was just, just not that great. I think I went with a five, so a little bit higher than you. Uh, I don't think it was the worst movie I've ever seen, but it definitely was not a top tier uh, slasher. I don't believe myself. Yeah. Have you seen the original Grindhouse trailer? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually watched it uh, again like ten minutes ago. I know. And, uh, Isn't it so disappointing? How how great would that movie have been? Well, yeah, and I, there was a peop, some people online talking about um, they wish they could have done the more of a grainy film style and all that, and it would have been, I think it would have put the movie in a different aspect, but like I said, I think they went too much comedy, and uh, it kind of just diluted the whole movie in, in general, you know? It was a good yeah, trailer. It was, it, yeah, it was weird, like... The comedy was not as self-aware as it should have been, you know. Like in in the trailer, the in the Grindhouse trailer, it was a lot more like winking at the camera because some of the deaths that it showed in the trailer were just ridiculous. Yes. So just over the top, and there wasn't enough of that in the movie to really sell it as like like a satire of the like eighty slashers. It, it's like they tried it, to go it, meta, and they didn't go fully. They didn't step fully into that door. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a little disappointing. I didn't have high expectations, but it met my mid expectations. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> I went to the theaters, and there was like thirty people there, and the reactions in the theater were like they were laughing, clapping, everything, and it. At, at spots of the movie, I was like, "Well, why, why, why are we clapping? Like nothing, uh-huh. nothing happened here." And it's like the whole—it was actually not a great experience. The movie and the crowd that was there, like the movie etiquette, is just 
gone. Like, I was taught, you don't fucking talk during a movie. Mm. Why are we all having side conversations during the movie? I don't, and you're clapping, so you don't know what's happening because you're too busy talking. You just see blood, and you're super excited by it. So, I don't know. It wasn't that great of an experience for me, personally. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know what else is a bummer? Ads. Ads are a bummer. And I know that if you just listen to some ads, you didn't want to. So please consider, open your hearts uh, to Horror Movie Talk and join us on our Patreon. And that way, at a certain level, you can get ad-free versions with early releases. Um, so go there. Also, you can support us on our shop at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. You can buy our logo hoodie, um, and I think I might have a sticker or two on there. I can't remember what we have left. Um, and also check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him on Instagram at dgobel 0 That's D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Again, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. So, um, yeah. <laughs> there was an interesting bit of trivia in the IMDb. Uh, that I'll just read here. It says, in an interview with Total Film Magazine, filmmaker Eli Roth has said this film isn't meant to be the film that was advertised in Grindhouse. We said, let's pretend Thanksgiving was a movie from 1980 that was so offensive that every print was destroyed, all the scripts were burned, the director disappeared, the crew members changed their names, one person saved the trailer and uploaded it to the darkest corner of 4chan, and now it's made out it's made it out. So this is a 2023 reboot. Once we said that, it freed us up, which is like exactly what it felt like. I, it, it almost makes me wonder if this was literally like Eli Roth might be the best director. If this was like truly his intention to make like a bad Blumhouse yes. remake. I can't because be That's moving. exactly what it came off as. Like if you watch black christmas or if you watch um what's another you know like fantasy island or like one of these just cash grab bloomhouse remakes of classic they're very good at that they're very movies. good at just robbing you i mean bloomhouse is the master at holding you up at the theaters and stealing all your money yeah i mean they <laughs> they can either do like just great movies that just are fantastic or they or they just pump out these um you know kind of con con movies well, i don't understand why he would not want to make it the trailer why would you want to deviate from that and make this movie of all things you know yeah i mean if you're going to go through the effort of remaking or making a movie around the trailer that you know, people loved, like, why not just do a full feature of that? And I don't know. That's, that's such a weird question because like, I think it would have worked. I think it would have been like a really cool movie to even to have, you know, like the, the grain, like the scratches in the, yes. in the film and stuff and like make it a truly, you know, grindhouse movie. Because that trailer was amazing, and it would have been probably the answer is it probably would have been an X, you know, uh, X-rated movie. Yes. Um, and I'm so I'm sure like most of the rationale is around, um, you know, financials and and like being able to sell the movie to studios, but it comes off as just kind of bland, um, as like a good idea executed poorly. It was just disappointing because I was really hoping this movie would be a yearly movie. That I can sit down and watch Thanksgiving while I'm cooking, but I'm mm -hmm. probably never ever going to choose to put this movie on. Yeah, if it was if it's on TV or something like someone else is watching it, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm not going out of my way to watch this movie. There's a lot of like uh, plot holes 
I know it's a slasher, but still, like, some things just don't make sense. They don't add up for me, um, especially with, like, the sheriff and how he's in multiple places and multiple times and no one questions it. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then there's, like, some of the stuff they do with the characters, like, some characters, like the the guy that was the son of the gun shop owner or whatever, like, all of a sudden he's super caring and, and wants to protect these kids for no reason. Like, I don't understand, like, what the relationship between the characters was supposed to be it's super confusing. in that circumstance. Like he loans them a gun and wants them to be safe. But the entire movie before then, the only thing we know about this guy is he's kind of, um, you know, this entrepreneurial guy trying to scam teenagers out of money Yes, to go to his party. So it's like, it's an incongruent, you know, the, the actions. And so like stuff like that, where it just makes me confused. I'm like, well, wait a minute what's the missing information here? Like, is this guy supposed to be connected with these teens in a real way or, or what? And I don't know if I, I missed it just cause I wasn't paying attention or if it was just lazy writing. No, I don't think I you think missed anything. The latter. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you missed anything. Uh, like when he gives the ring to her, this is my dad's ring from Iraq. It, was, it might keep you safe. Well, he didn't tell her there was a knife in it or anything. I, I mean, how do you figure yeah. that out? That's a weird thing to do. You just walk up to a lady, but here's the ring. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. And then, like, the, my biggest issue with it, though, is when the sheriff is at the police station and they find the streaming. But he's there, but he's also streaming, which leads me to believe there might be, like, a helper or another killer we don't see or something because – and then, you know, he changes costumes – at a parade and no one questions, Hey, we're, the sheriff's supposed to be here. There's a killer on the loose. Like, where is he at? So it was like, some of those plot holes are just kind of tough to overlook. It kind of threw me off, you know, the, the whole, the whole time. Yeah. So spoiler, it ends up being the sexiest sheriff alive. Um, Patrick Dempsey is the, is the killer in this. And it, it's kind of tacked on because, so here's the thing, like with with the mystery, they never really sell it either, where it's like they don't really directly try to lead you down any compelling path. Like it, it tries saying like, oh, it's probably her boyfriend or it's probably her ex-boyfriend. Um, and that's like the obvious things, but like, and then the, like the gun shop kid or guy it just it doesn't really try to sell you on anyone in particular um it just confuses you with like okay why would anyone have a motive to do this like it seems kind of over the top for whoever like it doesn't like show any of the characters that you're supposed to be thinking have done it have they don't say anything that really leads you to the path of like oh they're probably the one that did it it's just kind of just assumes you're going to fill it in and be like, oh, well, that guy is the obvious killer just because he's the ex-boyfriend, and that's what ex-boyfriends do. Um, and then it kind of tacks it on in the end that it's Patrick Dempsey's character um, and gives you information that you don't have at all before that point, which is he got the, the not Courtney Cox pregnant, and <laughs> she died. Um uh, during the Black Friday thing, and he was, she was supposed to leave her husband for him, and it's like, okay, so it could have been anyone. Like it, it could have just like chosen any character and given them um, an unforeseen reason for it. Um, so it's not as far as like a mystery, it's not constructed well, um, and then just overall, it's just not, it's just not executed well. It's not, it's not a very compelling mystery or the characters aren't super compelling like it's it's kind of half-baked because the like for example the character that i thought could have been great was kind of the dumb jock oh hated him character i, I can't remember evan what, what the character's name was yeah so like that character like had some moments where it was like oh i get it he's supposed to be the dumb jock but he doesn't he's not given enough moments and that it like it gets lost in the fray that he's kind of a dummy 
that it doesn't have a huge impact, you know, on the audience, which is unfortunate. Um, but like you, you watch this movie and you're like, man, this could have been a, there's like a really good movie in here somehow. If they had like attempted to match the script, um, with a, you know, the particular aesthetic and like match the editing with it to, to make it like a full on 80s slasher satire, like either go all the way in and make it a, you know, horror comedy with, with a lot of, um, gore and death in it or go the other way and make it kind of like a thriller like make it like a a mystery thriller with like a serious script and serious characters you know and it's like it lands right in between those and it doesn't work for either one i was hoping for like a more of a whodunit and they don't really lean into anything they don't really lean into a real red herring there's multiple but they're never really and the story never goes on with them, you know, and right. uh, like you said, at the very end is when we really find out that Patrick Dempsey is the guy, but we don't really get the explanation until the like last five minutes of the movie. And then I feel like they're trying to, unfortunately, we're going to get a sequel. And I feel like, so like when he put it, he, so at one point he takes his mask off and he puts it on the oven. It burns, which is kind of uh-huh. foreshadowing him at the end of the movie. And they can't. Mm. He burnt to pieces. I mean, they can't find. No, they're gonna bring him back next year for Thanksgiving two, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be probably, if not worse, just as bad. And it just the the plot holes. I can't get over. Like I just can't get over the movie. Uh, I'm not a. Evan was by far, I think, the worst character. There was a TikTok girl in it. Um, yeah, Addison Ray. Yeah, what, why are TikTok people coming so famous in feature-length films now? I, I don't like it. Because they can bring in an audience? Oh, no. I mean, if you're going to... Like, none of these teen characters or teen actors are notable. They're all pretty new. Um, and so they're not, like, going to get any name recognition. I mean, I've never never heard of Nell Verlockwe or Karen. No, that's not... Who are some of the other teams? Jenna Warren. Like, none of these people are, are in things that I recognize. No. Um, but for some reason, like I've heard of Addison Ray, uh, I still have no clue who she is or why she's famous. It's kind of similar to, like, the, the Kardashians. Like, uh, m- my brain is being injected with these names that I know nothing about and care nothing about, but apparently they have some cachet. She was a TikToker that did dances and shaked her butt. Got really famous. Uh, at Walmart last month, there was a, on the, the clearance section was literally all they had. She has like a Barbie doll out, her own doll. And it was full. The whole shelf was full with her discounted dolls that nobody wanted. So like, are you marketing <laughs> to children or are you marketing to adults? Who are you marketing this girl to? Um, I don't know. It's it just... The acting for me was not there. Even Patrick Dempsey, I didn't like his acting either, to be honest with you. It wasn't. He didn't do that great of a job. Yeah, it was a little weird hearing Patrick Dempsey do a, a Boston accent oh. throughout. It was like, hmm. I mean, that was kind of a fun part of the movie was the Boston accents. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's not. And there were some funny moments around that where it's like just the the different townspeople arguing um but it's not again it's just not packaged well enough to really sell itself what was your favorite kill um, um mine was probably hmm that's a hard one it's probably the cheerleader death um and that's a little bittersweet because I think the the one in the trailer, the original trailer, is probably a little better. They went a little harder, much better. Um, but yeah, the cheerleader death was good. Um, I mean, all of them were pretty great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the cheerleader one feels a little more iconic than the rest of them. I do like uh, it's not because it's realistic. I just so I worked retail for a long time. You know, eight nine years. I worked uh-huh. every Thanksgiving, every Black Friday. So the beginning really made my heart sing when like people started getting trampled <laughs> and stuff like uh-huh. that. Just because when you work there, you kind of wish that it always would happen, you know, so you can go home. 
the shopping cart, I think, was a good scene. I really liked it. And then when the guy's bleeding out, dying, and they come and snatch his waffle maker from him, and just don't even care that he's dying. Like, just, this is my waffle maker. My wife needs this. Go fuck yourself. Die. I do mm-hmm. like, I did like that part. Um, and then with a stepmom uh, being turned into a giant bitch turkey. I love that, too. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, the the special effects scenes were great. Like, all of them worked mm-hmm. on their own in, in, like, you know, separate from this movie. So, like, yeah, that, the opening Black Friday scene, which was a little confusing because it was like, oh, the tone is way off between what we've seen up to the point of, like, the actual, like, kind of carnage of that Black Friday. But when that starts going off, it's like, undeniably fun i mean the baseball uh pitcher's arm getting like just completely trampled and broken Mm -hmm. and not courtney cox getting smashed in the head and then scalped i love how you refuse to use her real name and you're just using not courtney cox i love it i'm i'm yeah so it's so confusing because courtney cox and gina gershon after like going through enough procedures they look almost indistinguishable as like is this the like same lady uncanny... from super uh super um stepbrothers is the same a- actress from step uh, stepbrothers um i don't remember her in stepbrothers the mom because it Gina is Gershon, she was in she was in showgirls um she was really big in the in like the 2000s and late 90s i think but she's shown up in a couple things she was in a Oh, what was the one that I saw her in with um, the girl from Parks and Rec? Anyway, she's she's in a lot of things, but they, her and Courtney Cox have gone through like some, you know, very similar plastic surgery um, procedures to where now they have this very similar Uncanny Valley look to them. The duck bill almost indistinguishable to me like i was like because i i've seen gina gershon and something else the the one i'm thinking of with um god i can't remember her name um but she was in in something else oh she was also in the chucky tv series mm. but she was in something else and i was like is that courtney cox it doesn't sound like courtney cox but it looks exactly like her um anyways she was she was in thanksgiving and is killed in this uh, Black Friday event, and yeah, it goes pretty hard. That that scene, uh, that whole that whole scene is really well. And there's other scenes I really like with the the Russian girl. Her whole scene with with the ears, you know, the corn cob holders. Mm-hmm. And I like how yeah we heard it from her point of view a little bit, like the ringing and stuff. I kind of wish they would done the whole scene like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the parade scene, and you get the flash of the clown. I was like, I, I didn't know if I saw what I saw. I was like, what the fuck was that? They're, that don't fit in there. And then all of a sudden, from the, from the trailer, they do the same scene, but he's dressed as a clown, which doesn't really make sense to me. But I like how shocking visually it is, you know? Yeah. No, I like that. I, I kind of like that because it's it's the, you know, the unexpected where you're like, oh, you're in a horror movie where it's like, oh, yeah, the killer wears the same mask every time. And it's like, oh, he's actually a clown in this. And so it's like, yes, yeah, why wouldn't a killer change up their costume to disguise themselves? It's like yes. it seems pretty obvious. Um, but yeah, so so that also in the Black Friday scene, there's just like a kind of attacked on like guy that's pushed through the door and slashes his throat. So there's like a couple of people killed. And then how it's treated afterwards is like, it's just kind of confusing because you're like, okay, was there a cover-up or or like, do people care about this? Does the community care at all? Or like, it's just like confusing who is actually upset about it and who's not. And so that kind of adds to the confusion around like what we're supposed to be thinking is who's the killer um it's a very small group of people that care that's it yeah yeah tim dylan um is in this and he's one of the security guards one of the two security guards and he runs away and then uh gets 
revenge acted upon him for some reason. It's like, okay, so he didn't choose to get trampled by a mob, and so he's responsible, I guess. Well, what is he um, actually going to do? What is he going to accomplish by staying there? And he's going to hold back right. the whole crowd? I mean, he's a big guy, but he ain't that big. You know, like, let's let's be honest, yeah. I ran too. I'd have been gone immediately. Yeah, and he's he's just another one of these like casting decisions that's just distracting. Like why is why is he in this? Well the whole scene um, of him with his cat and telling uh-huh. his cat like, Oh, I'm going to Puerto Rico it kinda of didn't make sense to me either. So is he running because of what's going on? Or is he like an undercover drug dealer? Is he a mule? Or is he just scared for his life, you know? And uh Yeah, I mean it's played that he's scared for his life, but it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, so the killer starts sending, like, direct messages or tagging people in these social media posts um, that, you know, they're going to be killed or whatever, or they're on the list. But then it it doesn't, like, fully explain that or, like, connect the dots there, so that's also a little confusing. Um, but, yeah, the killer starts killing people. He starts out with the waitress. Um, that's one of the best scenes, and it's also in the trailer where he sticks her face to the freezer but then the actual kill is so confusing and tell me if I miss something. So the waitress escapes and is running out and then the killer is in her car and starts driving it towards her. Like he's going to pin her between the dumpster and the car. That's it. But she jumps into the dumpster halfway, halfway into the dumpster but the car doesn't hit her; it hits the dumpster, and, and somehow her body gets cut in half. It's because, so. I've never seen a metal dumpster door, but it must have been the heaviest door known to man. He hits the dumpster, yeah. and it falls on her, and you know it cuts her in half. But I'm thinking, did he pre-sharpen it? Because there's no possible yeah. way ever it's ever going to happen. Yeah, because she was a pretty big girl. Yeah, like it's not. It would have to have just an otherworldly amount of force applied to it and it would again yeah have to be the heaviest dumpster door in the world yes. because usually they're just plastic um yeah it was that kill was like so over the top but also confusing it was like wait a minute what did i miss here like what did i miss him hitting her or something falling on her it was just like literally someone laying halfway into a dumpster and then all of a sudden they're bifurcated yes. by, like, no foreseen force. There are a couple um, kills like that, though, that it made no sense. Like the turkey carver. I don't... Uh, they don't really... Right. What, what, what are we doing here? It's electric... Cur- they barely cut my turkey. It barely cuts my turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Should I cut a dude in half like that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, he, he stabs him with the turkey carver and just sticks in there, and then he cuts off his head with, like, a... Like a Gili saw kind of thing. I forgot that he cut his and, head off. Yeah, so the the actual kill was the head cutting off. But yeah, to your point, those those uh, mechanical knives like they don't have a sharp point. Like that'd be <laughs> unlikely to happen. I like how but, he feeds the you know, cat though. I mean, he's a generous guy. Yes. that was super sweet of him. I mean, took care of the buddy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um. And then, like, yeah, the, the kind of the final, like, iconic death is, is probably the cheerleader death, which in the original Grindhouse trailer, she's topless and does splits onto a knife, which is pretty awesome. Much um, better. And in the movie, you know, it's there's a little bit of a striptease. She takes off her, her panties and is, like, jumping around it, and it's a little... Um, elongated the scene where the guy is just sticking a knife through it as she's bouncing up and down. So it still works, but again, it's not as, you know, I just wanted it to be more exploitational. Like, <laughs> is that too much to ask? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I was waiting um, for her to get all the way down, but it just never materialized. Yeah, she does the splits on the trampoline, I believe, or... At least does them in the air at once. She does it in the um, air, and then the first, she comes down her side, I believe, with him sticking it, and then he stuck her like six times. But I don't think yeah. she ever did the splits on the knife itself. Close. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yes. It's a missed opportunity. 
Um, and then, yeah, like the, no, I guess actually the final, like, iconic death is the, the turkey scene where, um, the wicked stepmother is getting basted. Um, and I swear Eli Roth was made a scene directly for Quentin Tarantino when he's basting her on the, on the serving tray. Cause it's, it dwells on that girl's foot for like a good like five Mississippi. He even puts a little um, um, sprig of like uh, time between her toes and everything. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Quentin's probably giving him a high five for that one. What is your whole? T- what, 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 do you like Eli Roth? Like, do you enjoy most of his movies? <clears throat> There's been a handful I liked. A couple, you know. I mean, I loved Hostel. Oh yeah, that's Hostel's the like, number one for him. I, th- I yeah, believe is. Yeah, it's that was fantastic. Um, Cabin Fever was pretty good. Um, not, you know, not as good as Hostel, I don't think. Um, but I honestly, I don't think I think those are the only two that I've seen. He did Green Inferno. Um, There's been a few. I haven't seen that one yet. But the only ones I can yeah. remember is actually Hostel and Cabin Fever. Um, this one was the the kill scenes were memorable for me. But the movie itself, I'm not going to remember much of any of it. Yeah, see, like, Eli Roth, like, what I associate him with is kind of pushing the envelope and being, like, kind of an edgelord uh, successfully. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, he's like, toes that line um, between the... uh, uh, the risque, you know, or the the um, kind of socially unacceptable line really well in some of his movies. Hostel was was great. Yeah, awesome. Um, felt like exploitational, like really um, was kind of fetishistic, you know, in a you know the best way for a horror movie. And and this one, it was just like I don't know. It's, it's, he seemed gun shy. It's like he didn't want to be too offensive. Yeah. Um, and it's like, man, just go hard, you know? I want you to be offensive. Yeah. I want you to be not matching the 2020s sensibilities. Let's go back to the, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. Well, I did appreciate how they didn't go, like, political at all in the movie or, like, woke or anything. Like, they had that one moment where they made fun of the woke guy trying to get the girls, you know, I'm never doing Thanksgiving again. But like I feel like a lot of movies like I haven't watched a wonderful knife yet, but from your review, it seems like they went super extra woke, right? And that's fine, but I watch a movie to disappear for an hour or two. So yeah. I get to see that all day long, everyday life. So for him not to do that and just focus on the movie was was pretty cool. I like that. If it was a better movie, you know. Yeah, it wasn't I mean it wasn't woke or anything distracting in that terms. And and I don't usually have any like real beef unless it's distracting or unless it's just confusing. That's what but, I'm saying. Like when they add it just to add like, it, you know? Right. But it did feel watered down. It felt yeah. like, hmm, they didn't really like want to go all the way with anything. Absolutely. It could have been a great movie though. I mean, I really had high, high hopes, but I also had high hopes for it's a wonderful knife and I haven't seen it. And now I don't even want to really want to watch it to be honest with you. I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, you can, you can wait. It's coming out on peacock on december 1st i think so, so soon. I mean, it's, it's going to be out in the theaters real soon do you rather would you rather go to a theater now 2023 post pandemic or would you watch it at home rather watch it at home i still love the theater like i i i take all of it like <laughs> I, I think horror movies and comedies like it's better seen with a group of people yeah even even if like you know, I, I get it. Like a, a lot of people hate people talking in the theater or crunching on popcorn or like, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't know. I think the communal experience is part of it, you know, and like I don't like people talking during the, the- during the movie either. But, you know, I like seeing other people's reactions. Oh, yeah, that's the best part about it. it. But when they're having conversations, I can't like me and my wife went and saw Boogeyman in theaters and there's a group of kids like four kids and they're probably 10 oh, 13 they're like 15 and they were just having a conversation so i i figured that now i'm a dad now i'm kind of an old guy i mean i dad them so hard i go 
come on, fellas, quiet down now. And I just, the whole, the whole mm-hmm. time I had to keep getting them. And then they came up to me and they said, sir, we're so sorry. And I felt like shit because they called me sir. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this sucks. This sucks. But, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as the cast, I got to say, Nell Verlockwe, again, I'm sorry, Nell, if I'm mispronouncing <laughs> your name. She was pretty compelling. It's one of those, like, um, X-Factor things where, as far as, like, a final girl, like, she had it because she was just kind of fun to watch, even though there wasn't much in terms of script and, like, for her to work with. But I don't know. She worked for me. Like, she was, she was, uh, she was fun to watch. She's definitely the best out of um, all of the teenage cast. Like they're all yeah. not very good besides her. Yeah, I think I think we'll probably see her in the future a lot. Um, she's one of those where it's like, hmm, this could be, you know, the Jennifer, the Leprechaun Jennifer Aniston role for her. But she definitely has it's a like, look too. You... Yeah, yeah, she's got the um, compelling eyebrows look. <laughs> I don't know how to how to describe it. She's got very compelling, like eye-catching eyebrows. Um, that's what you're in. That's what gets you. Yeah, in. that's what gets you going. I eyebrows. Thought, I thought she was pretty. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what, what to say. <laughs> I, I like a lot of things. I think uh, who was it? Um, Carl in the in the last couple uh, recordings that I that I did. He was like, I couldn't remember what what was your type or like what you like, and I'm like. Yeah, I don't know. I just like women. <laughs> <laughs> All of them is my type. All of them. I think like uh, the one time where it was like uh, my wife pointed out like a type is I was describing. I mean, or she just like, you know, sees me drooling over particular actresses. But it was like she was listening them off. Let's like she's like, let's see. Um, Daisy Ridley. um uh, what's her name from Wonder Woman? Oh, uh, she has such a hard name to say. Anyways, her um, and there's one others, and she's like, "So you like brunettes?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess I do." Yes, <laughs> I'm a brunette guy, I guess. I like uh, um, the body type of Mrs. Fantastic is what I look for, and then everything else is just filler. Mm. That's fine. She's got a. Great ass! 100%. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it's kind of a weird mid-movie. Like, it's it's a super mid-movie that's occasionally fantastic when it comes to the kills and, like, the set pieces. Um, But, unfortunately, like, all it leaves you with is just wishing it was a better movie, you know? It has its moments. So, yeah. Um, final recommendations. Who do you think would, would like this? If you just want to watch a movie that you just want to see great, great kills and that's all you care about and you don't care about a storyline, it's the movie for you, 100%. But if you like substance to it, probably not for you. Yeah. Um... Okay, let's move on to the Rotten Tomatoes game Holiday Horror Edition. I don't... I bet we probably don't have the Rotten Tomatoes sound effect on here. So we'll just play... Nothing. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this game... um, Let's see how we're going to play it. So I'm going to read off a holiday-themed horror movie, and I'll read maybe a little bit of a synopsis and give you the year. Uh, I think I have all the years for them. And then you're going to guess whether it was fresh or rotten. So if it's above 50%, we'll just say it's fresh, even though that's not Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, If it's above 50%, it's fresh. If it's below 50%, it's rotten. Okay, so to start out... Uh, on the same holiday or same Thanksgiving theme, 
Let's go with Adam's Family Values from 1993. Um, it has a particular scene with Wednesday Adams um, celebrate or like reenacting the first Thanksgiving. Um, so you can guess whether it's fresh or rotten, and then you can guess the um, actual score. And then I'll I'll give you the actual score. It's so hard. I hate Rotten Tomatoes. Um, they're awful. And I love Adam's Family. I'm gonna say it was fresh. I'm gonna say barely fresh at fifty-two percent. Hmm. You're correct. It's fresh, but they loved it. It's seventy-five percent. Well, that's way higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, Adam's Family Values is a well-regarded oh, movie. I think that's probably scored higher than the original Adam's Family too. I love it. Okay, next we have Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead. Um, and this is about some fast food workers discover the restaurant they work in is built on an ancient burial ground and the chickens they are cooking try to kill them. I'm upset that I haven't heard of that movie before. I, I actually really, <laughs> really want to watch this movie. Um, I think it's from like 2021 or something. Like so that, it's right? like an indie movie. It's pretty recent. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say they hated it. Yeah. It's rotten. I'm going to say they gave it 26%. Wrong. No way. It's fresh at 64%. Wow. Surprising. I have to watch it now for yeah. sure. Okay, so next is Valentine uh, from 2001. Love is in the air and the most romantic day of the year. Would-be lovers, woo hearts and flowers, candy cards and gifts, best friends, Kate, played by Marley Shelton, Paige, played by Denise Richardson, Dorothy, played by Jessica Capshaw, and Lily, played by Jessica Hoffiet, and Shelley. Wow, there's a lot of characters. Played by <laughs> Catherine Heigl. Are young women looking for a relationship, a Valentine to die for? And this year, they might just get their wish. Anything with Catherine Heigl in it, I just I feel like it's going to be rotten. She's um, like an awful person I heard. Um, that sounds like an awful movie. It doesn't sound like something anyone should watch. I'm going to say rotten. I'm going to say at 35%. You're correct. It's rotten at 11%. Whoa, I gave it way too real, much credit. Real stinker. Wow. Um, yeah, when, you're, when your most famous person is Denise Richardson, it's like, <laughs> mm, that's rough. Okay, April Fool's Day from 1986, when a group of college students decide to spend spring break at the secluded island estates of their wealthy classmate, uh, Muffy St. John, played by Deborah Foreman. What starts out as fun, hedonistic weekend, turns into something more sinister. Based on the name Muffy St. John's, I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there and say it's probably rotten. And uh, at... 19%. I gotta double check this real quick. Hold on. Because I don't. The number and the score doesn't match up. Hold on. Okay, well, technically it isn't rotten. Um, I mean, yeah, this is confusing. I didn't match up with with Rotten Tomatoes score, because I think below 60% is actually considered rotten. But it's at 57%. So it's over 50%. Um, but yeah, not probably not a great movie. No, I'm guessing it's not very good at all. Okay, so... Rotten Tomatoes also so gave you're... this movie like an 88 last night I saw. So I feel like I don't really trust Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, well, with recent movies, like, there's gaming of the system. Like, it has to be. Like, there's. I mean, with, like, uh, It's a Wonderful Knife, it was, like, advertising how good of a Rotten Tomatoes score it got. And I was like, it's like, oh, they must have paid a bunch of Rotten Tomatoes people to score this good. When my wife and I look for movies, I'll go on there. And I, if the critics say it's good and the audience say it's bad, I usually go with the audience. And vice versa. I had never take the critics' word for it. I've watched movies that were amazing that they said, oh, it's just the worst movie ever. And then I, I, I think – I do feel like they get paid off by the studios. Like, hey, we need this to be a box office hit. Come on. Let's help us out. Yeah. Well, I mean it's particularly rough on, on horror movies. Critics don't usually like horror movies that much. Yes. Um, all right. Next up, the iconic 
1974, Black Christmas. As winter break begins, a group of sorority girls, including Olivia Hussey and the often inebriated Barb, played by Margot Kidder, um, begin to receive anonymous, lascivious phone calls um, and eventually ends up in death. So you're talking about the original one, right? The original one, 1974. This is a cult classic slasher. And I have a feeling that the critics didn't rate it very well. But I'm gonna say it's fresh. I'm just gonna. I know. I know they didn't do it fresh though. And I'm gonna say 65 percent. Actually, is fresh. 72 oh, percent. Thank God they got it Actually, right. Very well regarded. Yes, thank God. Um, okay, so next up, Black Christmas from 2009, or sorry, 2019, uh, the remake, the Blumhouse remake that we've mentioned. It's not going to be fresh. It's a Blumhouse remake of a cult classic. I'm going to say it's rotten at 28%. It's rotten at 40%, um, which is generous in my opinion. Way generous. Okay, last one is My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Uh, Friends defy the rules of a legendary murderer and discover he is real when they start celebrating Valentine's Day. That's a tough one. Do they ever go back and re-rate movies on there? Like classics? Yeah, it's like... Well, see, that's where it gets confusing, especially with classic ones, because probably the original critics' reviews weren't great, but then they include everything on the internet you know, that's reviewed afterwards, too. So there's probably a bunch of reviews, you know on the internet about my bloody valentine that view it as you know a cult classic so i'm gonna so. go fresh with it then and i'm gonna go at 64 percent. very close it is fresh at 58 percent. oh yeah i was way close so you did you did really good on this i think you got i think you only missed like two so i appreciate it I'm going to hit that as a win. All right. So that is our episode today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kyle, for um, coming on. And we're going to be recording another episode that I don't know when will come out. Um, but you'll see Kyle again. Um, this is not going to be edited by Fart Simpson. It's going to be edited by an automatic editor. So forgive it. If uh, it sucks. Um, thanks to our patrons. Um, want to thank Sydney uh, as a new patron. And um, please share the podcast with a friend. And call 682-253-4468 to leave us a voicemail. Until next time, it's your boys signing out. Bye. Thank you. I don't have the outro music, so that's it. Bye. <laughs>